We are the Purposeful Project. We help entrepreneurs for free. Welcome to today's pep talk, where we'll take just 20 minutes to interview leading experts from around the world who share actionable know-how, insights and life lessons. To hear these incredible insights, follow us on Spotify, Apple Music or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Or you can simply visit thepurposefulproject.com, sign up to our mailing list and get the podcast in your inbox every single week. Welcome to today's podcast. And today we have Jamie Barber from My Supper Hero. Jamie, do you want to introduce yourself and uh, tell us a bit about uh, My my Supper Hero? Sure. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm Jamie. I... Uh, I am the co-founder and chairman of a, of a, a boutique group of restaurants um, in the UK, um, and I've just started with um, a friend of mine, Mylene Class, a premium finish-at-home delivery kit, meal kit service called My Supper Hero, and uh, we have been live for about three or four weeks, and it's been a great journey so far. So it's a very, very fresh business. So your, your background is you're a restaurateur and... Um, I guess the the question I've got is why why have you looked at launching um uh, essentially a, a a a sort of food club and yeah what 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 took you in this direction in the first place Um yes yeah, a good question it, it's funny actually when you describe me as a restaurateur because I've always kind of felt a, a bit of a of a accidental restaurateur because this is actually my my fourth career. I used to be. I was a. I was a media lawyer originally. Then I was in the music business for a couple of years, and I've been in the restaurant business for two decades now. Um, and and this is is the latest venture for me. Um, and I think it really started as all of these ideas have recently. That it, it started over lockdown, where I, I do a lot of cooking. I do all the cooking pretty much in our in our family. Um, and I was just completely and utterly kitchened out over lockdown. I just couldn't handle the monotony of not just deciding what to cook but also the whole preparation and the and I, I, there were times where i just could not open the fridge i just wanted to watch netflix um and and i tried various solutions i tried the the kind of recipe boxes where they send you raw ingredients like hello fresh and gusto and mindful chef and they didn't really get on very well with me or, or vice versa um because i i, I found them quite basic and and with, with a lot of preparation um and it was still very time consuming and then i tried some of the high-end finish at home kits and they were really expensive and very fiddly and they took a long time and and i just kind of just wanted to eat brilliantly at home with less than 10 minutes of preparation and then go and do the things that i wanted to do like catch up with friends or, or watch netflix and i couldn't find that solution and so i kind of set out to build my supper hero as a as a kind of solution for me and for my family uh, and i kind of figured that you know if it was a good solution for me it would hopefully be a good solution for other people and um and that's kind of how i started it and i had this a similar conversation with mylene class who had been a, a kind of friend of mine for 10 years and our kids are at the same school and she hates cooking she's just a lousy cook and is the first one to kind of acknowledge that and she was having exactly the same problems in her household as that she was just couldn't bear another delivery and um, couldn't really cook and just wanted to eat really, really well and then have command of their own time. So that's that's the genesis of, of My Supper Hero. I mean, it's it's a it's a real again, a really interesting concept. And I, I as you say, there's a I guess a lot of businesses which have sort of either reposition themselves or started out of 
the the pandemic and it's kind of so interesting what you're sort of saying in terms of your your insight around you know why why you kind of got started i mean in terms of in terms of the sort of mechanics of of uh, how it works you, you you've got chefs um who are actually prepare part preparing the food um and you, you know from having looked at the website you can either buy that sort of one off or you can actually join and become a member so um can you just talk about just the the sort of mechanics of how it how it all works yeah absolutely i think you've kind of nailed it so um we've got some very very highly skilled and accomplished chefs um and the premise behind it is that we're not trying to recreate a restaurant meal because i own restaurants and i'm really happy for people to go to restaurants but I've been surrounded by chefs for the last 20 years, and when they cook at home for their families, they cook in a very different way as to how they cook in in, uh, in restaurants, and that's what I'm trying to give people access to. So um, they what 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 you you get mechanically is that you get um, uh, the components where you can build a really really high quality meal at home with very little preparation. So most of the work has been done for you. So there's no chopping, there's no peeling, um, but there's stuff that you you know even if you can. Uh, roasted chicken at home for example what you wouldn't probably do is to make a roasted black garlic aioli um and and all the lovely condiments that go with that and 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 that's what we kind of provide for you and yes um we will move in in the new year we're going to move into the ability to have a meal planner where you can uh decide to sign up for three or four weeks at a time's worth of of um of of kits to help you eat once a week brilliantly at home or you can just buy one-offs um and test it out first. So, um, so, so that's the basic premise. I, you, you, you mentioned it a couple of times. And I think it's a really, you, you talk about once a week. So you see this as a, as something that people will do in addition to just sort of normal meal preparation, um, day to day and, you know, going and eating out. This is a sort of you would see this as a sort of treat um, or something that people are kind of preparing at home. I'm just really interested in that that sort of once a week um, idea that that you come talked about. Well, uh, it's an interesting question. I mean, everybody eats 14 meals a week, and there is a big battle as to kind of control over one or two or more of those slots. And and in the old days, it was very segmented. So you know, supermarkets used to fight it out amongst each other and Restaurants used to fight it out amongst each other. Now everybody, delivery, everybody, all the delivery platforms, everybody's trying to 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 find a way to um, to to get access to one of those meal slots a week. Um, and for me, you can't go out every night of the week, especially at the moment, uh, given given what's going on. But uh, you can't go out every night yeah. of the week. Um, I don't feel like I want to cook every night of the week. Um, and certainly there is something about um, delivered food, hot delivery of food, that always, for me, seems to feel junky. Um, and so, you know, I, I've tried to price this in a way where it is uh, premium but affordable. Um, it's about £12.50 yep. per person, um, which kind of puts it in the realm of a, of a kind of expensive-ish takeaway. Um, although, you know, I've had deliveries from Wagamama and they've, they've busted that price uh, every time. So I've tried to make it uh, easy for people to use this service if they want to once a week, um, but they can choose to have it once a month or they can just choose, choose it to have a one-off. So we've given everybody flexibility. 
So again, I, there's a the component which is which is interesting about the kind of um, getting people to be members as well. And it, it looks like if you are a member, you get some sort of significant benefits in terms of cost reduction. So it's, in terms of your business plan and when you were kind of thinking about um, setting setting the service up, was that kind of membership, air, that, that membership sort of aspect a really important part of what you were looking to do? I think from a business model perspective, having recurring uh, customers, it, it, it's very um expensive and time consuming finding customers um uh, users that will use this on a regular basis and and therefore it's great to have them in the ecosystem rather than having one offs i want people to to be able to have one offs because it's a new brand and they haven't experienced it before and so it's very important that they've got the trust and 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 the confidence to be able to to try before they buy um but ultimately uh, again i think the kind of membership uh, on the platform that we have at the moment is a transition towards um, a meal planning service where you can you can book ahead uh, four or five uh, or two or three boxes um, over a period of time and and actually for me the the one that I actually do use in my life which I think is a very good uh, very very good um, service is pastor evangelists um, and I don't know if you've yeah. had that before. Um, so, so mentally, I we, have, I have. so we have that once once a week. And and I know, for example, that on a on a Monday, uh, I don't really have to think about what I'm going to prepare or cook because I just know it's going to be that. And I think that there aren't any other services that I use or can think of that are that are similar in that kind of ease of lifestyle choice. So, so my superhero is is you know I've designed it to be able to help people plan their week so that they know on a Wednesday they don't have to worry about shopping they don't have to worry about planning they don't have to worry about waste you know they can just eat brilliantly at home as they say and then go and do other things with their lives yeah I mean it's really really interesting the other thing which I, I kind of noticed is in terms of um, I, I guess portion sizes you're aiming sort of for two to three people and I think that's that's kind of interesting in it. So, so you know, I'm, I, I'm a family of seven, and uh, I guess what really appeals to me about your offering is the ability to actually, you know, have a selection rather than, you know, go down the route of I guess with some of the other companies that they're sort of a lot bigger. So you're kind of forced into sort of one one option rather than multiple options yeah it, was that something that you kind of deliberately thought about uh, as as part of the the the, the proposition uh, i think that we wanted to make it as easy for people to try us as possible so giving people not tying people in um to any commitments and giving people the the ability to uh, size up or size down. I, I think all of those uh, elements to take away the friction of trying a service like ours for the first time, that that, that was the intention behind it. Um, I, I think what's good about the portion size is I don't think there's a single person that said that there were small portions. Most people have gone, my God, there was just so much food that we had it the next day, um, which which again is, is great at the moment. I'm, I'm very happy to I genuinely feel that at the moment we're over delivering on the product, which is which is a great position to be in. I think that's uh, I think people's expectations from some of the more basic recipe boxes, you know, the ones that you have to actually kind of do all the preparation yourself. Um, I, I think people have liked the uh, 
the idea of it, but they haven't necessarily liked the end product. And I and I think that we've been able to kind of over impress or over index on on actually what you received because it's just so brilliantly tasty. And again, I think in terms of the brand itself, the hero is the meal, isn't it? So you know, I, I was sort of again super interesting that that's sort of like how you've done it. How have you ended up deciding on the sort of the hero meal that you're? Have you done sort of extensive testing, or has your background enabled you to say, well, look, I think these are the things that we we think are going to be the, the the best ones to kind of connect with an audience? Well, first of all, I think it's quite interesting that you've picked up on on the word hero because in the planning stages. We, uh, we we did have a good day's worth of debate where we were going, who is the supper hero? Is the supper hero us because we're providing the meals? Is it the person that's actually preparing the meals? Um, and and then a, a friend of mine said, no, no, it's it's the box. The box is the hero. Um, and I was like, oh, that's that is actually so obvious. And I hadn't even thought that through. But yes, we we talk about it as being it's a lamb hero or it's a chicken hero. Um, so and and having that kind of Having our own vocabulary is quite is quite is quite nice and charming for us as a brand. Um, but in, in answer to your question, um, I I kind of wanted to build recipes of stuff that I want to eat, and I think that's and again I, I go by the hope that if I like something, I, I hope I've got fairly good taste. But I hope that if I like something, there will be more more people like me that will like stuff. So we haven't. We haven't done a whole load of market research and contrived what we think that other people will like. I think we've done this very much from our own taste palettes. So, I mean, and, and, you know, I think that's a very valid way to kind of do things. I guess what you, you know, you're you're very early on into your journey, but you'll very quickly see the sorts of um, the, the heroes that people particularly like, I guess. And, you know... Just in terms of sort of nuts and bolts, you've actually got a a platform uh, which um, people have to go to um, and uh, they can buy a one off or they can sign up as members. Uh, how 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 have you built that platform? Is that an off the shelf product or is that something that you've worked with a, um, some developers to actually um, build from scratch? Um, well. That's a, that's also a great question. I think you're you're, you're spotting the journey here. So we we <laughs> built it. Te- yeah, the technology wise, we we built it um, from um, uh, uh, from a Shopify base engine with lots of plugins, um, expecting, of course, that everything that we wanted done, we could achieve from that combination. Um, and as pretty much as soon as we went live, we, we realized that there were limitations as to what we could achieve with the off the shelf type of solutions. So we are just in the process. When I talked about the membership structure being a transitional period for us, um, through to a kind of meal planning service, that meal planning service has got to be completely coded, uh, on a bespoke basis. So we're, we're now in those conversations with developers where, uh, we're getting under the skin, um, of, of, of the basic basic engine and and i think we're going to have to rebuild parts of that from scratch so um it was great to launch with a with an easy off-the-shelf solution but ultimately it never does what you expect it to do or want it to do yeah i mean and i i guess i asked that because it for for a lot of entrepreneurs they've got you 
what you start with is probably not what you end up with. And I guess increasingly, as I've been chatting to people through this podcast, you know, what I'm hearing is more and more people who are actually ending up with bespoke solutions, which is is kind of an interesting, it's, a, it's an interesting kind of insight. Um, so it's not, it's in terms of the long... Uh, sorry, I was, I was going to say it's not, not a bad thing because ultimately, although this is a food project, it's a tech platform um, and building your own tech is part of, of this process. So, um, and in fact, the, when you have to build your own tech, it, it just puts up the barriers to entry to other people um, who want to come into the same space because it's just generally not as easy as you think it is. <laughs> No, I, so I think that's absolutely right. Um, but I think, you know, the ability to kind of launch on another platform, you know, there's sort of speed to market as well. So, you know, I guess you're in a position where actually what you have is uh, the ability to kind of test and learn around the proposition and develop it. And, you know, it sounds like what, what you've got is a very rapid evolution of the sort of underlying platform so it's a it's a sort of um it, it it's such a kind of interesting uh i guess perspective that that you have in terms of your own business and so i, I guess one of the other things i was kind of interested in is you've just you've just la launched uh you're sort of a, a few weeks in what are some of the things that you've been thinking about in terms of marketing because you know i guess getting eyeballs on the website um and eyeballs you know on the proposition is a kind of is kind of a critical thing yeah well this is a a very new you know i i've been um doing entrepreneurial ventures for a long time and i've never done an e-commerce or a, or a tech driven project before uh, and I'm absolutely loving it because I am learning. I mean, the whole point of doing this really is is to learn. And and I think that um, I, I'm playing rapid and massive catch up uh, from people that have been doing these types of businesses for the last ten years. Um, I, I I think that that my my take on this, and this may be completely obvious or, or completely wrong to a lot of people, but my take on it is that um, there are two strands of of as you call it marketing. One is to try and get the brand um, a little bit better known so that people have heard the name, they've got re name recognition, um, and they understand what space we, we, um, we occupy. And so coming on your podcast, for example, is very important for, for just generally raising the awareness of the brand. But in terms of actual marketing itself, to actually get people to translate into sales, at the moment we're, we're trying to build that up locally. Um, so we, uh, both Mylene and I live in North London, and I think it's quite good for us to try and achieve some kind of density in, in our local areas um, and then be able to, to broaden out from that. So locally, we're doing a whole mixture of, of, of initiatives, whether that's um, through local Facebook groups or through um, you know, supporting schools, whatever it might be. So, so we just want to get an awareness in a local environment. We can ship nationally straight away, and we definitely do that. We've been shipping as far as um, Newcastle, and you know, we've, gone, we've gone all over the country at the moment, uh, which is fantastic. But in terms of our kind of marketing in the traditional sense at the moment, we're building, it, building and trying to understand a, a local demographic, and then hopefully we'll be able to apply that over other uh, other areas that makes makes a massive amount of sense I, I, I sort of moving away um 
from my supper hero. I, I guess you're in been in the restaurant industry for many years, and I'm I, I'm really interested in. You're obviously a sort of a a, 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 pro, a true entrepreneur as well. Um, I, I guess the the, the sort of the hospitality industry has had a really tough time over the last um, two years. And, you know, I guess my, my supper hero is an articulation of, you know, seeing an opportunity, but probably perhaps a reflection on, on those tough times as well. I, what, what, what are sort of some of the things that you, you think, you know, are going to happen in 2022? Um, you know, what sort of support do you think that, that sort of, small businesses in the hospitality sector need you know I was just kind of interested because you've, you've, you've written a really interesting and short and very consumable article on LinkedIn about you know your thoughts around this so I was just kind of interesting to kind of capture that if, if you wouldn't mind uh, no I think if, if if you're referring to the article I was talking about um, it was it was about fat cats in the restaurant business it may may have been that one i think that the point i was raising is is that there are no fat cats in in the restaurant sector you, 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 those two words don't often go hand in hand um and being in the restaurant sector is a hard slog it's very very um it, it, it's very um laborious it's very tricky financially and it's very prone to shock and uh, if Omicron and COVID-19 have shown us anything. It just shows how easy it is to get derailed by black swans. And every time the government uh, adds a layer of costings um, onto the restaurant sector, um, I, I still don't understand how the government expects people to pay for it, these businesses to pay for it. So every time... Um, there is uh, there is wage increases. Um, those wage increases really can't be passed on to consumers because there's a limit as to how much they can absorb. The rate system, uh, the business rate system, is totally and utterly defunct um, and um, keeps going up and up and up. There's massive cost inflation arising through uh, Brexit and through the inability of people to employ. Uh, people because there's just a shortage of staff generally so that all the food costs and the beverage costs keep going up 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 and um, there is no real support from government to be able to help these businesses survive and and I think the, the hospitality sector as a whole is is one of the top three or four employers in the whole of the country and um, if and, and for, for many people we provide their first jobs we provide their first entry into a working environment it's people that start in a coffee shop or in a uh, in a restaurant as a waiter and then they and then they they accelerate and grow through that um that journey um and so it is a an unbelievably important uh, sector which needs help at the moment and i don't think it's getting the help that it deserves yeah and i, I think um you know the other thing is within the sector i guess as you're demonstrating is there's there is opportunities to think about things differently. Um, and, you know, I guess one of the things that we're keen to do at the Purposeful Project is to kind of shine a light on entrepreneurialism as a kind of opportunity out of um, difficult situations. So, you know, I guess one of the things that I hope for is is um, that people will find opportunities to, to think about things 
differently, do things differently. Um, I think the article I was referring to was was the one where um, we used to be a nation of shopkeepers and actually we're turning into a nation of entrepreneurs. And, you know, it's a sentiment which I couldn't agree more with, to be honest with you. So, I mean, it's, it's, it, it, it's incredibly interesting to have you as a guest with your background and, and having just launched something. And, you know, I'm really, really grateful for your kind of insights um, and your openness about what you're what you're doing. Thank you. No, it's been a pleasure to be on, on, the, on the podcast. No, well, we really wish you the best of luck. So um, I look forward to ordering my first, uh, my first meal and importantly, my first cocktails as well. So, um, uh, but thank you very much for joining us. And um, yeah, we look forward to seeing how things develop for you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Pep Talk today, powered by the Purposeful Project. If you found it interesting, please give us a review and follow us. In addition, you can sign up to our website and get loads more free entrepreneur knowledge, as well as get access to Pep Talk and the Purposeful Project podcast direct in your inbox every week.